thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire. Today is the Director of Nursing Leadership Series, learning to be good communicators with strong clinical knowledge and leadership skills. Today's episode is with Sandy Toole and Debbie Murphy. Take it away, Sandy. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on the LCS Director of Nursing Leadership Series. I'm Sandy Toole, and I'm the Director of Clinical Services, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Debbie Murphy, the Senior Clinical Specialist for the Life Plan Communities. Today, we're going to be discussing the ending of the public health emergency and what that means for our skilled nursing facilities. Hey there, Debbie. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Sandy. It's great to be here with you and also to provide some answers to everyone who may have some questions about the changes in the COVID-19 requirements. It's great to see CMS loosening up some of these requirements that we have faced over the past three years. Well, this certainly is a welcome relief and worthy of huge celebrations. Here we are heading into the 4th of July weekend, and so I think we could all raise a toast of cheers to the ending of uh, some of these crazy requirements. You know, this all goes back to May 1st of this year when we received that CMS memo, QSO-23-13 all, regarding the expiration of the COVID-19 public health emergency period, which was on May 11th. You know, Debbie, I think it's so funny. Prior to COVID, we would never know those reference numbers of these CMS memos. And now it almost just seems like second nature. Every time we get a new memo, we can reference the uh, numbers without question. Well, let's start with the best change of all, which is those mandatory staff vaccinations. While we still encourage vaccination as the strongest protection, of course, against COVID-19, it's no longer going to be required by CMS. And guess what? No longer required by LCS as a condition of employment effective June 26, 2023, which was just a few days ago. As of today, the CDC recommendation for the COVID-19 vaccine is that one dose of the bivalent vaccine. And there's no recommendation at this time to repeat that vaccination annually, as there is with our influenza vaccine. You know, you're required now to provide education to all staff and residents on the COVID-19 vaccine and, of course, to assist them in obtaining the vaccine if they wish to receive it. And we believe this will remain in effect until May of 2024 unless there's additional regulatory enforcement that occurs uh, after that point. Well, Debbie, let's recap some of those testing and visitation requirements. First off, what you should know is visitation should be allowed at all times, regardless of the community outbreak status, and visitors are now not required to be screened, to be tested, or vaccinated as a condition of their visitation. If a community, however, is an outbreak, it is recommended that the visitation still occur in the residents' rooms and that visitors should be encouraged to wear source control. 
As you know, it continues to be important to post visual alerts to the visitors at your entrances so that they understand the inspection prevention and control best practices and what source controls are recommended at any given time. You can always obtain good signage from the CDC website. Testing. Wow, how this has not really changed, but has changed. The testing requirements change to coincide directly now with the CDC guidelines. Admission testing is now at your discretion of your facility. You no longer have to quarantine and test all new admissions. Testing should occur on anyone still with mild symptoms, regardless of their vaccination status. Asymptomatic individuals who have had close contact with someone with a confirmed COVID infection should have a series of three viral tests with testing completed immediately and again in 48 hours and again 48 hours later after the second negative test. They should also wear source control for 10 days following that exposure. This is not something new. This is the same processes that we did prior to the end of the PHE. If there is an outbreak, though, we are still required to test all staff and residents following that contact tracing or broad-based testing strategies. If additional cases are identified, you still will continue to test every three to seven days until there are no new cases for the next 14 days. This is the same ruling, again, that we have followed for quite some time now. Of course, source control is still recommended for individuals who have suspected or confirmed COVID infection. And as we have already said, for those individuals who have had close contact with someone with a COVID infection for at least 10 days after their exposure. That is some great information. You know, Debbie, another requirement that remains in effect is that requirement to report to the uh, National Health Safety Network, or as we call it, the NHSN. There have been some changes to that information that's required to be reported, though. Could you give us maybe a little update on some of those reporting changes? Well, one of the favorite things amongst our communities is that you no longer have to report the COVID cases to residents and resident representatives. It was determined that this is not really useful information and that the information is already publicly reported on the CMS COVID-19 nursing home data website. You do still, however, have to continue to report your numbers to NHSN website on a weekly basis. However, some of the detail of that information has changed. This will continue, though, to be a requirement through right now, December of 2024. Hey, Debbie, guess what? We're also going to see an end to those focused infection control surveys. Oh, my gosh. We had so many of those over the past three years. I think it was probably driving everyone out there crazy. All states are required to conduct focused infection control surveys in 20% of their nursing facilities in this fiscal year of 2023. But beginning in 2024, the requirement for these surveys is going to be ending, and then it's just left up to the discretion of the states as to whether or not they feel the need to conduct one of those surveys. Oh, and Sandy, don't forget, remember, there was also the three-day prior hospitalization waiver. Oh, gosh, that's right. 
Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Well, during the PHE, CMS waived the requirement for that three-day qualifying hospital stay to qualify a covered Part A in a skilled nursing facility. We hate to see this go away, as this has really provided a great benefit to the senior population. However, since May 12th, all new admissions to a skilled nursing facility will have to have that three-day qualifying hospital stay for Medicare Part A coverage. That really is unfortunate. You know that the three-day hospital stay, I don't think we have ever really gotten the, the reason for that, but it's unfortunate it has to come back into play. That was such a great benefit, not only to the skilled nursing facilities, but certainly a huge benefit to uh, the beneficiaries. Well, you know, just to let everybody know, we did revise some of the COVID-19 policies to coincide with these changes. And as always, you can find these policies in the DON resource folder on LCS Connect. Debbie, thank you so much for the great discussion today. You're very welcome, Sandy. And I want to thank you all for joining us on Healthcare Highwire. Be sure to listen again on our next episode of the Director of Nursing Leadership Series. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire and the Director of Nursing Leadership Series. 